Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All righty. It is a little after uh, 9.30. Uh, actually, it's 9.40 p.m., uh, this is a late call, and this is the sixth and final call of the Happily Ever After coaching session with Ed and Adam, uh, the gentleman from Turkey, brothers from Turkey. You know, you're also Turkey brothers, that's what I'm saying. You know? And uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about love and tie everything together that we've talked about up to this point. You know, tie it all together so you can actually see how – you could have a relationship that's happily ever after. So um, this is my favorite session because it's taken me decades to be able to really see that what I'm about to share with you guys, especially the second half of this conversation, is all that relationships are about. That relationships are so simple. It's insane how simple they are. You just need to know how to handle, you know, the parts that need to get handled. So, you know, I just want to say that, and, um, you know, that's what I got for this minute. So before we go into tonight's session, I want to hear from you, man, about the um, what you got from me sending you my, um, uh, my personal life charter, how it helped you more, if it did at all, um, you know, what's going on around communication, like what's happened in the area of relationships for you from last week to now? That's what I want to know. Hey, I'll be honest with you. Uh, yes. when, I, when people read your story, they will think that you didn't divorce. They will think that you were a 100% happy person. Uh, yes. they, they will feel that you, you, you didn't have any kind of problem in your life. Okay. And also, you said, yes. I'm a kind of billionaire. I don't understand what, what exactly you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So what I was talking about was what I want and what's my highest vision, not reality. But it is what I want and what I'm aiming towards. Oh, I see. That's what your Adam, personal life Adam, charter is about. Yeah. Adam thought you were lying then, huh? Adam, did you think he was lying? I said, hey, what exactly is going on? I said, he... He's not a kind of rich people. Uh, I checked the question. Now I understand what you're talking about. It's a goal. It's your highest aspiration. It's your wish for your life in many different ways. That's what that's for. I see. But I never wanted to be a rich person. You see, I didn't write in my charter. Yeah. But you want to be stable. You want to make sure you don't have any issues with your, with your finances. So maybe you just write that. That's right. Right? You, like your version of what I wrote. Well, what's true for you? I like it. I, got, uh, I, I read it twice. Uh, yes. I like, I like the documentation. But uh, we were just looking in the family perspective. 
You put a general comment over that. Okay. Um, you mean in, in mine? You mean in yeah, mine? Yeah, more general. I like it. Yeah. See, one of the things that I've learned over the years is if you try to figure out things specifically, it's hard because you don't know what details are going to come. You know, you, you've probably heard the term, you know, man makes plans and God laughs. Right? And so, you know, God's laughing at us for making these plans. So when he, God can see that we don't know the details and what can go wrong and what can go right. So what I've learned to do over the years is rather than go into the details, go into general conversations and also look at the experience, like what's it feel like to be in that situation. Because the feeling is more, you can control the feelings because there's so many different ways to feel great. So many different ways to feel love. So many different ways to feel powerful. You can feel those ways every single day with small things, mid-sized things, and giant things. So if you focus on what's the experience like, it's easier to live that kind of life because ultimately you're living a life of experience. Whatever you do is so that you can experience life a certain way. Whatever you have, you only get it so that you can experience life a certain way. Is that accurate? Uh, can you say the last one again? Whatever. Whatever, you, whatever you get, you get a car, you get a furniture, you get clothes. It's so that mm -hmm. you can experience yourself a certain way, yes? Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, you dress, you, you buy new clothes so you can feel good in your clothes and look good in your clothes. You want to experience Yeah, everything. Good. The motivation is, is to, to change the feeling. Right, exactly. So when you create a vision that tell, gives you the feeling, there's thousands, millions of ways of getting that feeling rather than there's only one way to do this thing that you want to do. That's why you say my thing is general. I'm looking at the experience, but I can't, can, I can't predict the details that's going to make me feel that way. So I just talk about what's going to make me, what, what feeling do I want. Make sense? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, definitely. That's, yes. That, that's why I uh, had it, it sounds a little general. It's not completely general, but, you know, it's basic, it's basic information but I focused on how I feel, how I want to feel, how the people in my life, how I want the people in my life to feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, you wanted not, to yeah. feel, you wanted to feel like a like a man who has those prosperity, but you don't necessarily have to have it. Is that what you meant? Yeah. So, for example, for me, my highest goal would be to be a billionaire, but. If I'm not a billionaire, but I am wealthy more than I've ever been and more than I could have, I could have more money than I've ever spent, that would be a great goal, whether it's billions, you know, tens of millions. You know, I know I've got a, a revenue stream that maybe it, can, maybe it only gets me two or $300,000 a year, but I know I'll never run out. Like, it'll never die unless, unless the planet will die, you know, like for that. And one of the reasons is because I'm, I'm personally – going to be transitioning from relationships into business. So for me, part of the reason why I want to be wealthy is so that wealthy people can listen to me and respect me as an equal 
rather than just a smart guy that ain't got no money because they usually don't listen to people like that. Uh huh. So, so that's another reason why it's not just for ego purposes. It's like so they can hear me, so I can make a difference with their with their butt. You know what I mean? Okay, great. Makes sense. Yes. But again, that's my goal, my vision, my highest aspiration. You know, my dream. You know. But if I don't know what my dream is, I can't expect to fulfill it. Yeah. yeah you have to know right. what to fulfill so you can take right. uh, action and necessary steps. Right. Keep your eyes open to see and recognize opportunities, to learn something that you need to learn that you didn't know, you know, to listen to spirit guiding you in new directions. You know, to let life serve you by letting life know what you want. That's right. That's right. Right. And inside of that, knowing knowing what you want will help you make decisions that support that dream that you have for your life in those various areas. You know, if it's, you know, your, your dream for how, you know, the greatest way your family could be, the greatest way your house looks and feels, the greatest way you know, that you, you know, that, you, that your money is, the greatest way, you know, it feels around sex, the, you know, your, your greatest expression of yourself, whether you want to make a difference or whatever that is, if you know what it is, it'll be easy for you to say yes to things that support it and easy for you to say no to things that do not support it. That makes sense? Yeah. Support those feelings. Yeah, the feelings and the goals, you know, because one of the thing, another thing that I've learned over the years is that if you just focus on the goal, you don't have to worry about or think that much about how to do it. Just think about what it's going to be like when you get it, and that works extremely often. It doesn't work every single time, but it works often enough that it's a good practice to put in place, you know. Focus on the goal. Say that again. You say you realize that if you focus on the goal, yeah, if you if you focus on the the, the goal, like not you know I want to have a hundred thousand dollars this year, but you focus on what it will feel like when you actually have it. That mm -hmm. usually works if you could just focus on how great it's going to feel when you get it. Picture mm -hmm. yourself like that, right? And so having all of these goals cleared out and then helping your wife create her own goals like this, you so, know, like will help to be to be specific. You know, yes. I, I will feel very successful when I am prosperous, okay? I, I will, you know, assume myself to be successful. Yes. So... The goal here is not trying to make the prosperity, but trying to make the feeling of successful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, when opportunities show up, take advantage of those opportunities. You know, don't sit around and look at them and say, oh, don't worry about it, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but um, the point is when you are clear about what you want, and your wife is clear about what she wants, then you could be clear on what you're going to do together. And I believe that this session, when I get to the end of it, 
you're going to mm-hmm. see why why that um, personal life charter and your marriage charter is so important because you'll be able to do what I'm going to say at the end fairly simply because you made it clear what it is that you want, who you are, and where you're going. And then once you understand that, you'll be able to do what I'm, what I'm going to tell you at the end. Okay. Yeah, at, okay. at, at the moment, we are, we are bombarded with, I mean, so many, let's say, desires that we want to do. Or like mm-hmm. we are clogged. Uh, basically, like we are trying to go in so many directions and mm-hmm. trying to move on, like, you know, trying to go, you know, you know, make some progress. But we are, our attention is, is diffused. Our resources is diffused. We are scattered, let's put it that way. It's scattered among so many things and so many directions because we don't know which one to choose. Like, let's say, if you try to go five steps left, half step right, five steps backward, five steps jump high, you know, left, right, left, right, you might end up at the same spot and making no progress. Yes. So, okay. you know, the the thing is, once you know who you are and once you know what you want, it's very simple. It may not be easy, but it is simple. And so one time I was working for Landmark, and I was the facilities manager, and we had a 44,000-square-foot facility, and I was in charge of the whole thing. And one day I was in the copy room. And the copy machines were like the blight of my existence. I hated those things because there was always a problem. Anyhow, while I was working there, I was complaining about my job, like just talking under my breath, but like talking out loud. Right? I was like, you know, how you think about something, but you kind of like say it out loud. You don't even, you're not saying mm-hmm. it to anybody. So I did that, and my boss heard me. And what I said was something to the effect of, "Man, this job is like, it's like." Endless work. It's like this. It's like an infinite amount of things you need to do. He said, "No, it's not. There is a finite amount of things you need to do. Even if it's a lot, it's finite. So you need to find out what that is and get in front of it so you can manage it all." And when he said that, he only said it once. I was like, "Whoa, maybe he's right. I mean, I'm not doing his job. I'm not doing the president of the United States' job. I'm only doing this job." So even mm-hmm. if it's a whole bunch of things, there's only certain things. And when I figured out what it was that I needed to do, it turns out that my job only required four things. But inside of those four things, there was a million things to do inside of those four things. So the four things that I needed to do was I needed to make sure that uh, there was enough of everything, enough supplies for everybody to do anything they needed to do, that everything was working like there was nothing broken, you know, everything operated as intended, that the place was mm-hmm. impeccable, that the place was impeccable, meaning it was clean, it was organized, it was in shape, and that I needed to have people on my team of, of assistants. I needed to have an assisting team. That, was, that mm-hmm. was the whole job. But now, making sure everything is impeccable, we had 18 rooms, 1,100 chairs, I don't know how many whiteboards that was damaged, microphones and wiring and, and uh, audio equipment, you know, all this crazy stuff we had, man. You had to put stuff on, you know, the copier machines and 
you know, the closet and the, and the, and the kitchens, like all of that. I had to make all that impeccable, but it was all on the side of one thing, making the place impeccable. <laughs> so it seemed like an endless job, but it was really only one thing, a, a whole bunch of things that I got to do inside of that one thing. You understand? Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, when it came to making sure there was enough, then when when seminar leaders would go to their rooms, they would need to have X amount of chairs, X amount of handouts, X amount of pens, X amount of books, X amount of erasers for the board. I had to make sure there was enough of everything for everybody the whole month by month. So I had to maintain the inventory, make sure the supply room was, was working all of that stuff, but it was still, it was all inside of making sure there was enough of everything. So relationships are like that. You know, when you learn how to manage the emotions, there's a million different things that can happen inside of managing the emotions. But it's all mm-hmm. inside of managing the emotions. There's a million different, there's a billion different things that can go wrong inside of understanding and interacting with your wife as a separate gender, right? understanding gender differences. There's, there's almost endless, but it's all still inside of one category, gender differences. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So, so once you see what the problem is and you can identify what category it is in, each one of these, each one of those um, issues has a basic way of dealing with it. So when it comes to emotions, what there is for you to do is see what's causing the upset in the emotions and then look at the formula that you've been learning so far about how to manage emotions. Mm-hmm. You understand? That's what, that's what each one of these sessions has been about. So you can see the category the way I just got finished describing it. You might not have seen it before that way, but I'm letting you know now because I'm tying this whole program together. You understand? Yes. Got it. Any questions right now? So far, so good. Okay. Is this, this 100% clear or are you like not quite clear? I'm checking in with Adam especially because he's, you know. No, I, I, I read the document. Uh, everything was fine. Only I misunderstood the part. I said uh, I didn't understand the goal, but I'm glad you make it cl- clarified it. Yeah. Okay, good. good, good, good. Yeah, so I'm also checking in about what I just got finished saying about the different categories that happen in a relationship. There's only, there's only six categories, and today you're going to learn the six categories. Yeah, okay. So the first category is knowing yourself, right? So anything that, that gets in the way of you knowing yourself, you need to recognize, oh, this is something either I don't know myself or my wife don't know herself or we don't know ourselves as a couple, and so you need to go to work on that. It could be a million different ways it shows up. But that's, mm-hmm. that fits inside that category, right? Um, you know, the same thing will be about uh, about making agreements and keeping the operations, you know, the, the structure of your relation good. So making sure you got blankets, you know, making sure that the house that you want to buy is still available when you're ready to buy it. And, you know, those are the those are structural, operational, physical, physicality things that make people feel bad that make, uh, you know, the opposite sex argue because they're looking at it from different perspectives and causes miscommunication. So one thing leads mm-hmm. to three other bad things, and next thing you know, you got a total mess on your hands. And if you don't know how to separate the categories, then you won't know how to, uh, how to take care of your relationship. Make mm-hmm. sense? Okay, yeah. great. All right, great. And I'm glad you guys got this, this recording so you can listen to it over and over again. And if you have to... 
have it translated into Turkish. I don't care when we're done. <laughs> if that will help you anymore, I don't know. Okay, so is there anything else you want to say about the uh, personal life charter Because I, and, and the relationship charter? Because I, I may stand that you and your wives put this thing together so that y'all could, like, know how to play together, mm-hmm. how to live together. So you guys got any more questions or am I, am I good and I should just move on? We can move on. Okay. Yes. All right. Great, 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 great. Okay, great. So today, you know, it's funny. You said let's 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 talk about love, right? That's today's conversation. So I got a question for you. What is love? What is love? <laughs> that used to be a song like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was what is love, but I said, could you be loved? Uh, that, no, that was a that was one by uh, uh, oh man, the West Indian guy, man, Bob Marley. Could you be loved? Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyhow, so yeah. So what is love? Love is a feeling. You <laughs> feel uh, to a lady, but it changed. So gays also sh- showing love to men. Uh, <laughs> So it's a kind of feeling or attraction or uh, so you're attracted to somebody emotionally. Got it. Okay. All right. So, uh, Adam, what do you say? Uh, For me, love is kind of something you can help doing and... uh, giving the priority to the person you love. Like, I mean, supporting and being passionate about others, the other person's happiness, like kind of like uh, obsessively, right? Like that's how love, what love is, you know, like uh, it depends on the intensity, you know, but, you know, if you are talking about extreme love, is like losing yourself, keeping the other person in perspective. You know, their their happiness in perspective. Got it. Okay. So let me tell you what I think love is. Um, because I got to tell you, I started asking this question in 2008. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was 2007 or 2008, but I've been asking this question for a while. I once mm-hmm. looked. I once looked at a dictionary. I went to dictionary.com, and I saw if you look up love, there is seventy six different definitions of love. Mm-hmm. Seventy six. That's the big. That's one of the biggest things. Humans are still trying to figure out what love is. You know, and we've been writing about it and all of this stuff for millennia, not centuries. Mm-hmm. You know, since you know, I think I think you know, Buddha was was alive five thousand years ago, before mm-hmm. long before him. So, and if you notice, and if you notice, other creatures besides humans are capable of love, mm-hmm. of being loving. Dogs, fish. You might not be able to see it in fish, but they're capable of it. Um, you know, birds. You can see birds protecting their young. You know, animals in in the wild protecting each other. 
you know, like rubbing each other's heads when they're sitting with each other and, and all of that stuff. You know, I recently saw a, a, a kangaroo and a dog playing with each other. I also mm-hmm. recently saw I also recently saw a a duck who knew this human, and every time this human came around, this duck stopped doing everything and just stayed with his human, quacked and followed this duck, this human around. It's crazy. Love is more than just romance. It's more than even like family, you know, loving your daughter or loving your son. So what I've discovered to this point, I don't have anything bigger than what I'm going to say, but I will say what I understand is that love is a principle. It's a vibratory principle. That and the reason why it feels so good is because it's a vibratory space, a principle that existed before anybody on this, anybody currently on this planet ever ever been, and will be here current you know current will be here on this planet a thousand years after everybody that's on this planet now will be in the ground. It's a it's it's a part of life that is independent of life, is independent of any piece of life because it exists like a radio station. So, you know, W, uh, uh, let me see, um, WABC Radio in New York has a particular station, I think it's 101.1, and WBLS is 107.5. You know, it's got a station. The only thing you're going to hear on W on 107.5 is whatever radio station is using that particular signal. But that signal was around long before we even knew about radio and will be long around long after this planet no longer, this solar system no longer exists. It's a spiritually based principle, vibratory principle that exists as well as pretty much everything else that causes us to be humans. So gratitude is the same thing. Um, Peace is the same thing. Intolerance is the same thing. So any attitude or emotional state or feeling that drives you into taking some kind of action, 90% of those are... um, impersonal vibratory spaces like uh, radio stations that exist for us to entertain and be led by or to experience and enjoy, however we, we deal with it, depending on you know our own attitude in general. Does, does that communicate? Does that make sense? Keep going, please. Okay, so I'm just checking in. I want to. I don't. I don't want to make sure. I want to make sure I don't lose you nowhere. So does that does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Cardinal? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, like I'm not sure, but probably. Let's continue. If 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 I didn't get, I will let you know. No, no. Uh, why don't you summarize one more time? So uh, I want to make sure that we are 100% on the same page. Yeah, man, it's, it's important. Um, yeah, somebody uh, texted me. Uh, uh, let them know I want to call, man. Hold on, bro. Uh, all right, good. All right, so yeah, so just as a television station owns that particular vibration, that particular frequency, frequency, thank you, um, love has its own frequency as well as every other personality characteristic principle that we have. So if you remember 
in July when I gave you that list of all of those personality, all of those characteristics, those those principal characteristics. Remember that? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All, all of them have their own frequency. Hmm. They all have their own frequency, and so what that looks like is when people when people are operating inside of that frequency, you can see it from their words and from their actions. You don't have to ask them, are you generous? You'll just see them be generous or not. You don't have to ask people, are they scared? They'll just be acting scared or not. They'll say stuff, they'll look stuff. So when you can recognize the principles that people are living by in, in you know, that from them, they're telling you who they are. You can recognize who they are. It makes it real simple. When you recognize principles in action in people, you, you're you on the beginning state, you're in the beginning stages of mental telepathy, mind reading. That's why it's so important to understand and, to, and understand the definition of each one of those frequencies called principles. Make sense? Okay, okay. So like all those different attributes that we present, but the, the dominant one that we present, manifest, uh, puts us in a, in a, I, I resonate, like it, we vibrate with those, so people will see what are the attributes, or as you, or you, as you said, principles that we are functioning, like our spirit is functioning in life. Well, not exactly. Here's what I'm going to say again. See, okay. these principles, these principles already existed before you were born. They'll exist long after we're gone. Uh-huh. You know, in 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 the Iron Age, where you know people was marching, you know, military uh, bodies was marching, you know, you know, for 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 you know days and weeks over rivers and mountains to go kill the other team. They ain't had no television. They ain't had. They almost didn't have any wheels, right? They was doing whatever they were doing, but they was showing love. They were showing hate. They were showing patience. They were showing impatience. They were doing all of these things. We do it differently mm-hmm. now because we have different tools, different expressions, different language that teaches us to see things differently. But we're still doing the same thing. You can, you can see that, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, great. So I'm saying that that. Every principle that humans live by and express is a vibratory frequency. It mm-hmm. exists, and then, and then what happens is we get to choose which ones we like the most and which ones are most natural for us. Mm-hmm. And then we be that. That's the that's that's the reason. Like I said, this session is to tie it all together. Okay, so those principles that I talked about in the first session that you got as an email in July, those same ish, those same um, um, principles are the, some of those principles you always live your life by. You know, one of the things I'll say is that, you know, uh, uh, Adam, you're, you live, one of the things you live by is impatience. You're impatient. You can't wait. So you, like, make decisions before you have all of the answers because you don't want to be wrong, don't want to make a mistake or anything like that. So impatience is one of the guiding principles that you live your life by. You don't even like it, but you're doing it because you just gave yourself over to it, not knowing that's what you did. Make sense? You, you said patience or impatience? Well, impatience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, impatience and fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but those are vibratory spaces. That's not that's not you know necessarily who you are. But you're so used to it because you don't know what else to go by. That's another mm-hmm. reason why we're having this conversation. And so having the personal life charter and the relationship charter will have you say, well, which ones of these principles would I most love being? Which ones are most naturally who I am? And then you get to choose them, practice living them, and then living them. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, got it. You both yeah. got it? Yes. Yeah, I think Adam, you got it before, but I'm, you know, helping Erdell get it. Got it. Right, got it. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, so, so now, so now, all of these principles, all of these principles, all of these frequencies, in particular, love. We're gonna talk about love, but we might as well be talking about all of them. We're gonna talk about love because that's the thing that you know everybody is connected to, and everybody be connected to and and that's the purpose of this relationship program called happily ever after is to connect to a love okay and, and live a loving relationship and a loving life so now i asked you what is love we went through a whole long you know piece of about what love is and now i'm going to tell you something else about love is that love has four qualities you probably never thought of these but i'm going to tell you what they are so love has four qualities. One of the qualities is that it's always only love. It's never anything else. It's only love. Just like blue, right? The color blue, you know, blue could look a lot of different ways, but it's always only blue. blue, Electric blue, midnight blue, ocean blue, it's just blue. It may look differently, but it's always only blue. Just like love. Love could be family love, be romantic love, It could be love of your career. It could be love of the planet. But it's always just love. It ain't nothing else. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. The next thing, and this is in particular order, is that love will always exist. It always has and it always will exist. We are not running out of love. Love is not going anywhere. It's not possible to run out of love. If love isn't present, that's only because you're not present to it. It's that it's not there. Just like, you know, uh, HBO is a frequency on cable television. And it, it, just because you don't have HBO on, I mean, HBO ain't running. Now, that's HBO right. will probably at some point run out of business, and so they'll probably stop. But not that frequency that HBO is using. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that frequency was there long before we ever knew about electricity. And it'll be long there after we don't even need it anymore <laughs> or can't use it, but it's there permanent. We're never running out of love like we're never running out of none of this other stuff that's there that we live with. The next thing to know is that love is everywhere all the time. Love is in China, but it's not in England. <laughs> all of the frequencies that we live inside of, they all exist all at the same time. They're just different frequencies, vibrational frequencies, if nothing else. So love is everywhere all at once. It don't, you know, you won't run out. It's always only love, and it, it always exists and always has existed. And then the last thing is, and this is the really important one, the last piece is, anything 
can be turned into love. Just like you can make anything blue, you can make a white ball blue, you can make a black car blue, you can make a green dollar bill blue, you can make anything blue, right? Yeah. You can make anything love. The reason it's important is that when you're having issues with your wife, know that if you really want to, love is in the room, you just got to bring forward to it, connect it, and then have her connect to it because love is always there. It's just a matter of are you connected to it, are you present to it? Like avatar. Excuse me? Like avatar, A-V-A-T-A-R. Yes. Love it. Great. I see you got it. Okay, great. All right, next. How do you create love? Well, uh, you have to, since you say it's available and it exists no matter what, then you just have to open up whatever you are closing. You have to open whatever is is the open the channel. Open the channel. Awesome. Resonate, resonate to the frequency. Tune up, You're tune up to the frequency. Listen, you guys, you guys are the first ones to not get tricked by the question because you can't create love because love already exists. There's no creating it. There's only recognizing it and tuning yourself into it, which is what you already said. So I commend you, gentlemen, so now, in your relationship, and you're going to find more reasons. This gets better. It's going to keep getting better. You're going to find more reasons and more capacities and more ways to have love present for you and your wife in your, in your marriage and the rest of your life, really. Because if love is already present, you just got to be like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's bring love back in. <laughs> you know? And even if you don't say it, you can do it. You just got to manage the things that are in the way of love. And here's some things that get in the way of love. Miscommunication, not handling breakdowns, not managing emotions, not understanding your woman as a woman, or not knowing who you are. If those things show up, they're going to get in the way of love. They're going to be more prominent in, the, in your wife's face and maybe even in your own than love. So that's why you need to know those things and know how to handle them. Okay, so now, mm-hmm. you know, you guys said something, which is like, you know, you just got to tune in frequency-wise to it. You know, like you got to tune into it, right? Now, my question to you is what makes love show up? As you say you got to tune into it, how do you how do you make it show up? Uh <clears throat> You have to send some signals. Say it again. You need to send signals to the other party. Okay, good. So how do you do that? Uh, Like being positive, like like being smiling. You said being positive. You said being positive, and what was the other thing you said? Uh, smile, just show, ah. just show your uh, uh, love. Okay. Physically. 
Great. Love it. What was you going to say, Ed? Yeah, at some point you have told me uh, that whoever is living the intense state, you know, so let's say she is not loving state, you know, there might be many ways, you know, like Mm -hmm. arguing state, frustrated state, all those negative states. If your positive state that's loving, which could be in many ways, Mm -hmm. overcomes or like dominates, like more intense than her feelings, then you will overcome. Like you will be the dominant one. You will... uh, I would say overwrite, let's say overwrite or overrule the situation. So in this case, you have to be uh, seeking for seeking for those feelings who create the sense of being loved. Okay. So what you just got finished saying is, you know, Really, you said it better than I probably was going to, so I'm going to tell you what you said. What makes love show up is recognizing that it's there and then having that be the strongest thing in the room. So, you know, you said it, right, which is, you know, the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. When the other person has the strongest emotions, they're back in charge, right? So y'all take turns being in charge of the relationship, depending on who's got the strongest emotions. Generally, generally speaking, one person's usually going to have stronger emotions than the other one, usually. Somebody's going to be more intense than the other one, right? Usually it's the woman that's more intense than the guy most of the time because we're too busy trying to relax when we're around her. You know, we've been doing all this hard work just so we can be, make it easy to be around her. And, you know, she starts getting wound up as soon as we show up, so that's usually why women have more, you know, stronger emotions than we do. Um, but now, if you're going to be loving and your love is stronger than her anger, she will eventually tune into your love because that's stronger than her anger, her fear, her complaints, or whatever there else is. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there are different ways you can express your love by, be, by flirting, by being happy, by being generous, by being compassionate, caring, vulnerable, honorable, um, you know, self-expressed, listening, being authentic. There's just so many different ways you could actually have love show up by examining, by, by demonstrating good qualities, great qualities, great frequencies, and life. And see what qualities makes stop getting worried, stop getting nervous, stop getting upset. And keep those, um, keep those qualities alive, or keep them in your back pocket for when you need them or something. But you need to be more peaceful and loving than she could ever possibly get upset. And sometimes that might be a little tough. But that's how you manage the emotional part of the relationship. And that's how you have love show up. Got it? Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. So uh, I would talk about what gets in the way of love, but we haven't talked about that so much, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but there's lots of things that get in the way, like stubbornness, stinginess, lack of integrity, greed, impatience, poor communication, uh, lack of commitment, 
revenge, insecurity, uh, being checked out, being cynical, you know, being defensive, all of that stuff makes love run out the door, bro. All of that does that. So this last piece I want to give you right now in this first half here is um, talk about what do you, how do you stay present to love no matter what? And there's four things. So I was going to tell it to you. I'm not going to ask you no question. I'm going to tell you. So the first thing is in order for you to stay present to love no matter what is that you got to choose to be loving before you start your day or any activities you're about to engage in. So you got to walk out. You already decided you're going to be loving before you start your day, before you come home, before you do anything. You need to be saying to yourself, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be being. So that you can remember it later. So this is not a part of this program, but I will tell you something that I've learned personally. I found that the person who has the strongest intention is the one who gets their intentions fulfilled, but also the person who has their intent, their intentions expressed the soonest. Like the person who wants what they want sooner and present to what they want sooner than a whole bunch of other folks is likely to get what they want and likely to have their, their desires fulfilled. So to give you an example, I – uh, remember, um, I was working in North Carolina, must have been 2002, and I was selling furniture. And one of the furniture companies, Sealy, uh, I think it was, they was they was auctioning a um, mattress and box spring set to five of the salespeople in the company. They had eight stores, and you needed to be in the top ten in sales in order to qualify. I was in the top 10. I was either number nine or number 10, but I was in there. And I wanted me a daggone mattress and box spring set. It cost $800 in 2003. I wasn't messing around. 2002, I think it was. I wasn't messing around. I was like, I'm getting this. And I was thinking about it as soon as I heard about it. And then it was funny. I was so burning mad determined that I was like, I'm getting me a mattress. I'm going home with a mattress. I'm sleeping on this mattress. I kept thinking about this mattress the whole time before they had the contest, and they would pull a name out of the jar and say, you know, hey, John Starks won it, whatever, right? So um, one of the guys, he was a top salesman, you know, he had the most names in the, 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 the jar, so he was the fourth of the fifth people to get a mattress. And so I was like, I'm getting this mattress, I'm getting this mattress, I don't care what. They pulled his name out three different times, and I never stopped saying to myself, I'm going to get this mattress. And then finally, my name came out. <laughs> and then I finally got this mattress. I slept on that mattress for years. Loved it. It was a great mattress, man. I was happy. Saved myself $800, got great sleep, all of that, right? The point of the matter is, the point I'm saying is that I don't know. I'm pretty sure I had the strongest emotions in that room. I'm pretty sure. But also, I probably had the, the, the emotions come out. My intentions was probably, you know, the first one because I was thinking about that for a while. When I heard about that contest, I was like, nah, man, I got to get me a mattress. So I, I, I believe I was first. I'm clear I was the most intense about it because his name, my name not coming up, saying guy's name come up three times, I never stopped thinking I'm getting this mattress. 
And, you know, there's been lots of other times, too, right, around dating, around this, around clients, whatever. But the fact remains is that if you choose what you want before you start, you're preparing yourself for success. You're setting yourself up for success. And even if other people want what they want, you're going to get what you want in addition to them getting what they want because your intentions, your emotions was first as well as if yours is first and strongest, it's hard to see you not winning. So, you know, you're going to need to, you're going to want to learn how to um, have your uh, relationship uh, win with your wife, right? Like, like they need to, um, she needs to, um, uh, you need to be stronger than hers, bottom line. You just say it like that, right? Um, does that, does that communicate? That's, that's extra. That's not, Something I would normally talk about in this program. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this was, I think, huh? very valuable for me. Mm. Okay, good. I have really very great intentions for mm. many people, for many things I do, but I tend to express them or ask what I need to realize them. You know, like mm. ask the CEO what kind of help you need from him. Like, mm. like, let's say I will, I'm making a trip to Haiti, but in terms of making the arrangements and asking stuff from people, I'm very reluctant, you know? Mm. All right, well, you'll learn. It's fine. You'll get, you'll get to a point where you'll have to do it for yourself, you know? But because you said the first one who uh, expresses their intentions, you said something like that, right? The first one... Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to express it. You just have to be clear about it and have it. So you, say, you don't have to express it to anybody else. Just to yourself. No, no. But you say uh, something. Somebody the first. You know, uh, usually. Yeah. Uh, you, to do what at first? So so let me so so, um, I used to you know do things around around landmark i'll use another example because uh this might help a little bit more i don't know so what we would do is we would you know do production work volunteering around events so let's say a communication course okay and i would walk in that saturday morning thinking about what kind of results are we going to produce on sunday and i would um, think to myself, okay, we're going to register, let's say, 20 people um, on Saturday, I mean, on Sunday. But I would say that to myself Saturday morning. And then, you know, other people later on on Sundays so when they start thinking about it, but I would think about it on Saturday. And a lot of times, whatever I thought about on Saturday, I was probably the first person to really think about that particular issue. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times my wish would show up before other people's wish because I was thinking about it before they were. You don't have to worry about it, really. You know, that's like that's going in a different conversation. So I'm glad I got it recorded, but you can listen to this piece in the future. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I, I got it. You know, trust me. Okay. Thank you so much. I think that was very insightful. Yeah, so with you... Uh, know you're going to be meeting up with your wife, and your wife is mad. You know she's going to be mad. You got a sense she's going to be mad. You can have yourself be loving and, and, and fun and excited, exciting, before you meet her 
and then you could beat her at the pass of upsets. You know what I'm saying? Like she might be not, she might be upset with you, but she forgot she's upset with you until you show up. But let's say you know a half hour before you you know got home, you're thinking about how you're gonna love her, sweep her off her feet, make her forget about whatever upsets they are, blah blah blah. You your intentions will be showing up before hers are. So, and at the same time, at the same time, her, um, you know, you'll also most likely have the strongest emotions because you'll be prepared rather than surprised. You'll be prepared for her to be upset rather than be surprised that she's upset and then be at the effect of her upset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Adam, you getting this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking. Okay. What What are you thinking? Uh, just the no, same thing. I mean, I'm just uh, thinking in my real life. Okay. Okay. Good. Because I want you to put this in, you know, life, your your real life perspective. You know what I mean? This yeah, is not yeah, just yeah. You know, medical. You know, I want you to, you know, make it fit in your life. So, so anyhow, so so when you choose what your, you know, choose prior to your day or prior to NA activities that you're going to stay present to love no matter what, then here's what you want to keep in mind, right? And as a part of choosing to be loved prior to the start of your day or prior to any activities you're about to engage in. One is you got to recognize and remember what you're committed to. And then you got to recognize what you're committed to. You also need to remember, like keep it present what you're committed to. And so let me give you an example of what that looks like. I found this out suddenly, shockingly, when I just got finished telling you. I found that out in 2007. So in August of 2007, I was assisting at Landmark, and there was a communication course I was assisting around. And I was very, very, I was super pissed off at the woman that I was supposed to be uh, working under. She was bossing me around. She was accountable for, she was the heart part of the assisting team. She was the head of the assisting team, and I was her direct assistant. And she was pissed off at me for some things that, you know, no need to go into right this minute. And she was super pissed off, and she was super rude, mouth almighty, you know, just like it was hard, terrible dealing with her. You know what I mean? And so I was so pissed off and distracted that the commu- that the communication course leader for the person leading the course, sent a note to me through one of the people who assist. The note said, tell Tony that he's got 10 minutes to stop being upset or else I'm sending him home. And I'm like, I cannot go home because I was responsible for other things besides the the communication course uh, uh, production team that I couldn't afford to look like I was weak. Couldn't afford to do that. No pass. So, but I didn't know how to stop being upset. So I went in the office. I'm pissed. Oh, man, I'm like, I got, I, I got to get off it, but whatever, right? So a couple of minutes later, this woman walks into the room, and she is somebody that works in Toronto for Landmark. And so I saw her, and I, I remembered her, and I said, hey, how are you doing? You know, I, I hear great things about Toronto, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go to specifics. She said, wow, you know, thank you, because they, they would be more successful than the New York team. And so, so she says, so uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'll never forget famous words. I'll never forget it. I said, uh, Ellen, that was the course leader, 
Ellen told me that I got to stop being upset in 10 minutes, or she's sending me home, and I only got six minutes left. <laughs> I was so blessed. I felt so blessed she came in four minutes after I sat in the room, right after I got the note. She said, she laughed and said, wow, okay, great. I, I, I really got that. Then she said, what are you committed to? And when she said that, I was both relieved and pissed at the same time. The, the pissed was, why did not I figure this? How, how did I know it was going to be this easy? And then the, the relief was I wasn't mad anymore, not really. So what I was, I was, what I got present to when she asked me that was I was more committed to the success and the, and the happiness of the people in the course than I was with being pissed off at this woman that was giving me a hard time. Like the participants was more important to me than this woman that was giving me a hard time. And when I realized that, I didn't even have to be mad at her anymore because I remember what I was really committed to. And that's what made me relieved. And that was in 2007, and I've never forgotten that. That was a, you know, a, a breakthrough paradigm moment. That was like learning how to ride, how to how to balance a bicycle. It was like that amazing for me. And so when people remember what they're committed to, it tells them who to be and how to be. You know, if you're committed to, you know, getting home or you're committed to getting your family out of this burning house, nothing else matters but what you're committed to. So if if choosing to be loving no matter what in your relationship is what you're committed to, just remember what you're committed to. It'll be easy. But if it's not that easy, you got to question yourself to see if you're really committed to it. Make sense? Yeah. It's not as easy as I just described it, but it is doable. So I'm inviting you gentlemen to actually like really pay attention to that, you know? So are you telling us that uh, we should keep in perspective all the time what we are committed to? Yeah. And one of those things you're committed to is loving your wife and your wife loving you and being in a loving relationship, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So one of the things you're committed to is love, the frequency, the experience, and the feeling, right? That's right. That's right. Right. So you want to you want to stay committed to that, and you want to remember that you that's what you're committed to. That's right. Okay. Great. So then you also want to be present to the impact of not choosing to be loving or not choosing to be loving no matter what, like like not choosing to be unstoppable when it comes to love. You, so, can, you, can, all, you can sacrifice from that. Like whatever comes throughout the day in life, uh, you will not give up that loving state. That's what you mean, right? No matter yes. what, you will be loving and looking for it. Right. And listen, there will be some times when life will throw you, you know, stuff. But, you know, if you remember what you're committed to, it'll be fairly easy to get back. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to pretend that you'll never get thrown off your cart. I'm saying that you need to remember that you got a cart that you're on and you want to get back to it. You follow? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a whole list of things that, that you need to be present to um, that will affect, you know, your ability to be present, uh, your ability mm -hmm. to be loving or not. So you got to remember being present to the impact that not 
consciously choosing to be loving will have on your relationship. So some of the impacts is you'll be unable to be happy, unable to keep mature, loving relationship partners in your life. You'll experience life as a victim with no power. You'll be passive, aggressively manipulating the people in your lives. You won't know what's best for you. So I got this list. I'm going to email you the list as part of your notes for tonight. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of that, but I want you to get that. Um, And then the last thing I want to say is um, in order for you to stay present to love no matter what, um, you also need to know how you're going to react when things happen to you. Hmm. So let me mm-hmm. like like if something happens to you, you got to know like what your triggers are. So yeah. you know in, in the emotional part, right? I put down you know the the the, the top negative emotions of top negative reactions of humans, right? Yeah. If you know what yours are, it'll make it easier for you to stay loving no matter what because you remember, oh yeah, I hate being ignored. Oh yeah, I hate losing. What am I going to put in place if I lose or if I feel like I'm being ignored? Make sense? Yes, that's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, every, now it's funny because you already know what triggers your, your 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 woman. You already know what makes her angry, right? For the most part, right? Yeah. You probably know what your mom's going to get triggered by, your dad, your kids, everybody but you. That's everybody, pretty much everybody. Everybody knows what it's going to trigger everybody else except for what's going to trigger them. So when you know what's going to trigger you, you can keep that from getting in the way of your loving relationship. So you're going to want to go back to the negative reactions of humans. Well, you may not want to, but you should. (laughs) So you can manage your own reactions. So... That's about love. I'm going to leave it right there. Just keep remembering that you want to be loving. You want to love your wife. Your wife really does want to love you. Otherwise, she would have left a long time ago, no matter how hard it is and all of that. So now that we've talked about love, we're going to talk about when you have everything handled, all there is to do is what I'm about to tell you. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that they have to take care of both today and tomorrow. They've got to make sure that everything's working today, and it's got to work so well that it makes it easy for life to work tomorrow. And how you manage today is you take care of the things they've got to handle today, but how you manage tomorrow is you make sure that the things that you do today are strong enough to handle tomorrow. So I'm going to tell you about this. I want to read you something, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about managing today and tomorrow. Human beings have the ability to think about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. However, based on evidence, most of us don't know how to focus, keep track of, or manage all three. We either worry about today and forget about tomorrow, worry about tomorrow and ignore much of today, or worse, stay mentally in the past to their detriment. You know, you you know, you'd be looking in right, looking in front of you, but all you can think of is how things always go because it's how it used to go and how it always went in the past, right? Living in the past, mm-hmm. okay. It's totally possible to be able to manage both today and tomorrow. When you look at businesses and sports, what you'll see is the most successful of them operate in both domains. So, um, you know, a sports team like the New York Yankees. 
you know, been playing this year, all year, trying to win today's game, but also trying to win as many games today so they can get to the World Series. The Mets did better this year than the Yankees did. But all teams is trying to win as many games today so they can have a better tomorrow because the more wins they get, the longer they'll be in the, in the season. And then at the end of the season, they, you know, they celebrate what happens, whatever, and then next thing you know, next season again. But, they gotta, but they're taking advantage of both today and tomorrow. You follow? You can see that. Yes. Right? So with businesses, right, they need to make sales today, but they need to make sure they're going to survive tomorrow so they do their research, they do whatever they got to do to make sure that, you know, they're still going to be competitive, still going to be profitable next year, the year after. A lot of, most of the major, I think all of the major retail establishments have a one-year to 18-month marketing plan for their products and services. So, like, for example, Macy's already knows what their marketing plan is going to be for next Christmas. Not this Christmas, Christmas 2016. They already got their plan in place, Macy's. So they're thinking about today and tomorrow. That's how they're able to survive and thrive to stay in existence. So um, let's see here. Um, okay. Uh, romantic relationships need, in order to experience them at their best, needs to be taken care of in both domains. So you need to be able to take care of today and tomorrow. The four areas that need to be managed are the following. Uh, needs, all your needs need to be handled, partnership, goals, and legacy. What you need, the quality of your partnership, the goals that you have, and the legacy you create. Let me just read this to you. Needs. This refers to making sure you have everything necessary to be happy, enjoy the relationship, your life within the relationship, as well as basic physical requirements, such as, but not limited to, health and fitness, sex, attention, intimacy, finances, social life, family, self-expression, um, you know, and, and, and taking care of each other's highest aspirations. This is another list that's not limited to the imagination. You know, you could put whatever you want on this list, and your um, relationship charter will add to this list because you'll see stuff that you both need to deal with that's need-focused like that, right? Um, and so you get a chance to, per to create your own unique list, Um However, if you don't know who you really are, this list won't be able to be complete, and you won't know you're not getting your needs met until breakdowns occur and you find yourself surprised and shocked you didn't get what you wanted, what you needed, followed by an un a likely emotional outburst <laughs> that you withheld the outburst or just did it uh, to yourself, or you, know, you vomited on your partner. Not doing this step. It's like failing to put gas in a car even though you're planning on driving cross-country or, or having unprotected sex, catching something bad and being surprised by it, and then getting upset with the person you had sex with and being either a victim, an abuser, or a justifier. When you don't know who you are, you're asking for trouble. So you've got to know what you need in order to have your relationship work. That's section number four 
managing breakdowns and operational structures. You got to understand that fully. That's the first thing. You got to have your needs met. Second, that's clear, right? You guys completely could understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Adam? Yes. Adam. Oh, okay. I thought you fell asleep for a minute. I'm like, try. That's another reason I'll keep asking you stuff. No, we, we started this thing off late. We ain't going to sleep. We're almost done here. Yeah. So, so the second P, once you got, um, once you understand who you are and what you need, then there's the second piece, which is called partnership. Partnership can best be explained by distinguishing three different states of relatedness. So partnership, well, I'll just I'll tell you, there's three different states of relatedness in a partnership. There's dependency, there's, interdepend- there's independence, and then there's interdependence. I'll just read them real quick. Dependence is in relationships where one party needs to be taken care of in some way and cannot or does not contribute directly to the party they're depending on. That can look like being a victim, being unable to perform because of lack of skill, knowledge, awareness, or the parent-child relationship. Though there may be, though they may be, uh, though there may be a relationship, there's no playing together, and if there's either no desire to play together or awareness of the value of playing together, the opportunities of playing together will never come to fruition. So when one person depends on the other, that's one level of relationship, of relatedness. The next one is independence. Independence is operating from a fundamental viewpoint that one can operate on their own and usually, but not always, won't allow others to play with them. They won't invite others to play with them and eventually ends up creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of being alone even while amongst the crowd. When it comes to relationships, being independent is a strategy and a tool, not a way of life. There are times when being independent works best, but only inside of a context of the next state of relatedness, which is interdependence. Interdependence. This is the state where people are able to independently work together, which may sound like an oxymoron or a contradiction, but when you think about it, it's like dancing. You can dance by yourself, but it's way more fun to dance with a partner. In the dancing partnership. You dance in ways that work for both you and your partner without either of you telling the other what to do, how to do it, why, etc. And each experiences the best of being dependent, independent, and interdependent because interdependence is experienced as all three when perfected. That means everyone gets to do their thing, everyone gets, knows who, what parts they're responsible for, and everyone gets a chance to win. So let me see if I can say this more simply. Interdependence is two independent, responsible people who choose to play together even though they don't have to. Make sense? Yes, yes. Uh, But I will just request uh, you to read the sentence with the uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Great. Will do. Hold on a second. Okay, independence, being independent, is operating from a fundamental viewpoint that one can operate on their own, and usually, but not always, 
won't allow others to play with them, won't invite others to play with them, and and eventually ends up creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of being alone, Mm -hmm. even if they're among a crowd. People that say, Mm -hmm. I don't need nobody, they end up not having nobody. And then they wonder why they don't have anybody, because they keep telling people they don't need anybody, right? Yeah, they are not connected. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to relationships, being independent is a strategy and a tool, not a way of life. It doesn't work as a way of life, being independent. I don't need nobody. It works well as a strategy in terms of getting things done. There are times when you have to operate independently and inside of a partnership. But that's not that's because that's what's going to work best this time. That's not because this is what we do and this is how we do it, and that's the only way it's going down. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So um, in, interdependence is playing together but because you got two whole and complete independent people who decide let's combine our independence and do something together. So that's what that is. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so next. Um so I just described partnership. The third piece is goals. When designed and recognized for what they are, goals are really great games to play. You know, I'll tell you that we often have goals and we have them be something that's hard, challenging, significant, important. But when you really see what goals are, what they really are. Goals are really great games to play. This is why you need to identify what your highest aspiration for a relationship is and what your highest aspirations for your life is. You also need your partner to know about this, about themselves. When you and your partner know those two things, you'll naturally create goals that make you both happy make you want to be around each other for much more than just sex and romance, to fulfill your own, your partner's, and the relationship's needs and enhance your relationship because all of the success you'll experience will be as a result of playing together. In addition, you'll experience uh, an extreme level of trust personal growth, admiration that has nothing to do with relationships but will obviously add to that, as well as, and most of all, turn your partner into your best friend, someone you'll be willing to even give your life for because you know that if you're no longer with, they're no longer with you, your life ain't worth living with anyhow. Wow. Creating, yeah, let me say that again because, yeah, Let me say that again. In addition, you'll experience an extreme level of trust. Matter of fact, let me start from the top. Let me start from the top. Goals. When designed and recognized for what they are, goals are really great games to play. This is why you need to identify what your highest aspiration for a relationship is and what your highest aspirations for your life is. You also need your partner to to know this about themselves. When you and your partner know those two things, you'll naturally create goals that make you both happy, 
make you want to be around each other for much more than just sex and romance, fulfill your own, your partner's, and the relationship's needs, and enhance your relationship because of all the success you'll experience as a result of playing together. You'll be winning together so much that you want to keep winning together. In addition, you'll experience an extreme level of trust, personal growth, admiration that has nothing to do with romantic relationships, but will obviously obviously add to that, as well as, and most of all, turn your partner into your best friend, someone you'll be willing to even give your life for because you'll know that if they're no longer with you, life won't be worth living anyway. Hallelujah. Right. Creating and fulfilling (laughs) goals. I'm telling you, creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will put stars in your eyes when it comes to your partner. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will make you grow as a human being. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will keep the love alive in your relationship even beyond your own life. People will see that that's how you're always being. And they will, they, will have, they will keep your love alive even when you're not around. Your, your wife will be loving you and remembering your love even when you're not around, if you left first. Next, in the fourth piece, legacy. So I talked about needs. I talked about partnership. I talked about goals. Now I'm going to talk about legacy. Legacy is a combination of setting goals and the memories that result from going for them regardless of whether you actually reach your goals or not. However, when you think about it, life isn't really a destination anyway. It's the journey that counts. Your legacy is the journey you and your partner co-create. This is why legacy is so important. You're already creating a legacy, whether you know it or not. A person's legacy could be likened to a combination of your brand and your biography. It's the story of the you you created. Legacy, when it comes to relationship, is the only aspect of managing today and tomorrow that lives in both domains, that lives in two domains, the past and the future. The aspect that's the past provides nourishment for all three aspects of the relationship, right? You, your partner, and the space in between. And guide them in the creation of future goals and experiences. So when all is said and done, this section, more than all the others before it, is the reason to be in a relationship. Understanding how to manage today and tomorrow leads to exquisite happiness, the kind of happiness that makes you want to cry when you stop and think about it because it makes you so happy. To make sure everything you and your partner needs is in place and available, to work and play together in the most important games you could ever imagine playing, as if both your life depended on it and as if you were dancing the perfect dance together at the same time, to set goals that make your jaw drop, especially after achieving them, and to look back at all your achievements, bask in and celebrate those achievements while acknowledging each other for your parts in the achievements, and then, best of all, to go out and do it again and again and again with your favorite person doing your favorite things 
That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. That's the reality of happily ever after. Let me say that as simply as I possibly can. When you're living a life where you and your wife have all your needs met and you create a partnership where you both understand that you both have the same things in common that you want to live by, and so you're playing with each other, you're depending on each other, you're operating independently of each other, and you're bringing your independence together to, to enjoy and to, and to achieve and to experience. You have this awesome interactive relatedness, and then you create goals. You go out and you achieve them or not. You come back and you reminisce about those goals, and then you go out and do it again. That's, 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 that's the simplest part. That is marriage. That is a happily ever after relationship. It's simple. It's so simple, it's crazy. And those other five sessions that we talked about is all the things that gets in the way of what I just said. So relationships. You said you go out and carry out those goals or not. Like you mean like you, you succeed or you fail. Right. In either case. Uh, in either right. case. In either case. In either case, that's what y'all are doing, and you're doing it together. You're not going to win them all. It's like, you know, it's like a baseball team, you know. Those guys will always remember each other, always remember their experiences together, right? Because so regardless, regardless, they win or lose. Right. They were in it together, giving their best. Okay. <clears throat> You as make sure. Know, as long okay. as they know they did their best, right? Right. You make sure that your life and the life of your partner is working, is settled and complete in the areas that, of needs and workability. You learn, practice, and perfect how to work together to make things happen that bring you joy. You create, go for, and achieve goals that light you both up. Then you celebrate, honor, and experience the joy of that achievement. That's why people want to be in a great relation, whether they have the language to say it or not. I'm going to end it. I'm going to end this conversation. Before I end this conversation, I'm going to say it like this. Marriage, when it's working at its best, is you being with your favorite person, doing your favorite things together in your favorite places again and again and again until one of you die. <laughs> You're like the kid in the playground doing your favorite things with your favorite person in your favorite place over and over and over again until somebody dies. That's a happily ever after relationship. It's so simple, bro. Every time I think about it, I cry because it's so simple, but it's so beautiful. Because that's all relationships really <laughs> have to be, man. You find your fa you got to know what your favorite things are. You find somebody that wants to do the same things. Then you go do them, in your favorite things, in your favorite places, with your favorite person. 
and then you come back, you celebrate, and then you go do it again. And then you go back, come back, celebrate, make more plans, go do it again. And you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. Forever, until somebody dies. That's it. All the other things I said is what gets in the way of you doing that simple thing I just said. Wow, this sounds very powerful. Yeah. This is, man, I got to tell you, this is, it's just, this is like, there's nothing else after this. I mean, you know, maybe somebody needs to learn how to, uh, uh, you know, date. You know, so, okay, great. If somebody wants to know how to have a masterful to die for marriage. This is what you need to do. Make sure all of your needs are met. Your house is paid for or whatever. You got no structural needs in the way, number one. Number two, you create goals. No, excuse me, number two, you learn how to work together. You find what you want to work together on. Number three, you create the goals and you go pursue them as a journey, more than just as a destination. And then... You come back, you enjoy them, you reminisce about them, they become part of your legacy, and then you go do it again. That's what they do in sports, right? They play, they, they set plans, they learn how to play together, they play their season, somebody wins a championship, everybody else goes home without a championship, they celebrate their wins, and then they go home, and then they come back and do it again next season. That's marriage, when you know how to make it work. That's it. There's nothing else. Great, great, great. Thank you so, so much, Tony, for for uh, great in, uh, inspirations. And so I would. So I got one more thing I want to read real quick. Um, one more thing. So. I'm going to end this with a quote from Neil Donald Walsh. He's the author of Conversations with God. The purpose of humanity is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we human beings held about who we are. That's a quote from Neil Donald Walsh. Let me say it again. The purpose of humanity is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision you ever held about who you are. And now I invite you to take this quote a step further. The purpose of relationship is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever you held about love. Because in reality, there's nothing more important than loving. When people are living, laying on their deathbed and they know they're going to die in the next couple of weeks, a couple of months, what's most important is that, did they matter and did they love and where they loved? Love is the dominant thing. And so that's the program, gentlemen.
I just said all the things you need to do to get out, get out of the way of everything that's going to keep you from making sure all your needs are met, making sure that, you know, y'all know how to work together, making sure that you um, are creating goals that you both love and want to be after and can do together, and then come back, celebrate, and go make some more plans and do it again. And just keep going back to the playground with your favorite partner, doing your favorite thing in your favorite places until somebody dies. That's it. All right, what do you guys got to say, man? Well, I will I will definitely go listen to this recording, you know. It was uh, too intense. Yeah, especially the, the, especially the second part. You're right. I will do the same thing. Yeah. What's going to happen is this. Here's what I'm going to recommend you do. After you listen to this piece a second time, you should listen to the whole thing again and then come back. You mean, you mean like all five sessions? Yeah, and here's why. Everything I say in the other sessions, you're going to hear it in this session. Mm. Right? Because as I was going through this, I went through every section. The only thing I didn't really go through very much was the gender differences conversation. But I talked about knowing who you are. I talked about managing emotions. I didn't talk much about communication either. I talked about managing emotions, managing things, knowing who you are mostly. But understanding gender differences and miscommunication is, is in here too because if you don't manage communication, you can't work as a team together very well. If you're not working as a team, as a partnership, you can't achieve the goals. You won't be able to appreciate them even when you do. All of that affects what I just said. So, yeah, listen to this, and then as you need to, listen to the other ones. And now you know why Evram Evram told you to listen to you know let me give you this program. Mm-hmm. When all mm-hmm. when all is said and done, it's really the last fifteen twenty minutes. I said is all relationships are, and everything I've said up until this point is all the thing that's in the way of it. Mm-hmm. So there's yes, a few things right. you right right right. So yeah. there's a few things that you guys already do with your wife that y'all are pretty good at. You should keep finding things that y'all both like to do. And if your wife never wants to do a um, personal life, if she never wants to do her own personal life charter, what you should do is keep finding things that you both like to do. And so she could... So you can keep doing this even if she don't do the chart because people do that that's been married 30, 40, 50 years, but they don't have my personal life chart and they just know to do it. Like they've grown and, and they stay focused enough to make it happen, to, to live it and let life teach them how to do this. Married people, they will tell you that's been married 30, 40, 50 years and still happy with each other, proud to be together that long. They will say, yeah, we, don't, we never said it that way, but that's, you know, what we said. That's what we do. They don't have the language for it, but this is what they do. Promise you. And so um, if your wife doesn't want to do the chart with you, don't make it a problem. What you start doing is you start recognizing what it is that y'all do good together. What do y'all like doing together? And start doing more of those things and start finding more things that you like doing together. And that will be 
your way of doing what I just said. So this is this is a different way of doing the chart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't don't give up on her, but you know, don't force her. She just ain't gonna do it, man. Mm-hmm. But you should do your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah. You're not getting All right. stop doing it. All right. All right, so you guys got any closing remarks, any last uh, comments, any feedback, anything you want to say about any part of this program, really? Thank you very much, uh, Tony. I appreciate it. Uh, I will listen, especially the last one, and I will also listen uh, the six of them. Uh, the motivation mm-hmm. uh, of that, uh, what I can say, uh, I'm glad with it, but I'm not glad that we put uh, the last time 8.30 or 9 or 9.30 p.m. because uh, it is the, it's the last time uh, we've, we, we, we cannot concentrate 100% and I wish we do it weekends or a good timing because I see that... We can, we can uh, change it, then, Erdem, we can change it. It's finished, man. We can ask, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will well, listen it in the morning. Okay, great. Uh, Tony, thank you very much. Uh, generally, what I realized, uh, I, I I would like to uh, do in the future face-to-face one hour or two hour session. And uh, I'm not talking about uh, individual programs. Uh, generally, I took lots of different training, different stuff. And yes. I'm really good in a group. If there are five or ten people in a room, and yes. if the cell phones are restricted, if there is no distraction from outside, <laughs> I can concentrate yes. way better. And, yes. uh, it's new, but the technology is new. Uh, we are mm-hmm. uh, different states. Uh, yes. So I understand that, and my new job also requires this kind of uh, stuff. But uh, it really motivates me when we have face-to-face communication and I'm glad that Ardal organized the Friday night uh, dinner uh, in Brooklyn yes. uh, it was so unique because we, we had a chance to see each other know each other better yes uh, thank yes. you very much Ardal uh, thank you very much Tony uh, I will definitely yes. listen and maybe we can have another uh, topic session in the future love to do that I'm, I'll make myself available um, I understand you want to. You like to do it in groups, and you like to do live. So I'm okay with doing, you know, something live, doing it in a group. Um, you know, I'm okay with even doing. See, I could do this program over the course of a weekend. I actually could. Um, I just do it this way because, you know, from a logistical standpoint, I mean, it is it, kind of. It doesn't. Co- it's not cost effective for me to have two, three people in a room that I'm using once a week for six weeks or that I spend however much money you gave me, I got to use all of that just to pay the rent for the place. That doesn't yeah, work, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I understand. I know it. But I'm just explaining my uh, training. So I got maybe 20 mm-hmm. trainings uh, in business, yes. not personal, and they were mm-hmm. all in uh, daily or half day uh, training. So one yes. time, half day or one day training, we give some 10 minutes or 30 minutes lunch break like that. 
Uh, yeah. It kind of stuff motivates me. Uh, but I like it. Not, I, I like doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really <clears> appreciate <throat> it. And uh, Erdal, thank you very much also. Uh, uh, because Erdal motivated me to have that kind of stuff uh, yes. at that time. Uh, uh, I realized that, uh, man, what else we can learn? But each lesson, we are adding something new to our life. Yes. Well, I will tell you what. I mean, you know, like I have other programs. I just need to know what it is that you want to accomplish next. But I've got other programs. I've got, you know, programs around leadership and management. I've got programs about, like, how to manage interns, about communication, you know, um, about uh, uh, customer service, about how to create your own programs. So I've got some programs, you know, in the area of business, you know. Uh, as well as other relationship programs. So, you know, let me know what you need. And, and, and heck, if you say you, something is, is coming up for you, it doesn't mean I couldn't, I couldn't create it because I know how to create stuff that I don't even have yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I really would like to thank both of you, uh, Erdem, for him being open to this opportunity. You know, I, I felt easy to approach him. And, you know, he, I really... Yeah, you know, appreciated his uh, being on board with me. Uh, also, like I really felt you could you could help us in in multiple aspects. We just mm-hmm. need to clarify what we really want. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, That's that would help. You know? And uh, you know, I'm looking for that clar- clarity, like aspirations in my life, purpose and goals. Mm-hmm. So as you said, it's simple once you know what they are. You know, the, the, right. you know, realizing them is fairly simple once you know what you want. And yes. I think you can really help us in in multiple aspects. Uh, you know, once we really decide how to we move, how we need to move on. You know, with with our life Great. purpose. Great. And also, uh, what was I about to say? Uh, uh, like many sessions have a lot of uh, teachings, eye-opening teachings. It sometimes it's just hard to implement, hard to practice. Mm-hmm. So I will yes. keep visiting them again and again, mm-hmm. uh, and keep reminding myself because we tend to forget. And you know, uh, even in things like cooking, we we skip some important stuff. You know, so I will yeah. listen to those and keep reminding them throughout my day, throughout my weeks, uh, mm-hmm. to improve my relations. And uh, I'm very confident they are already working. You know, like yeah. some of the stuff I have already implemented, and I think uh, already improved the quality of my relation. You know, I could I could tell. Uh, yeah. But also, Great. I'm looking into. Uh, being very confident with the improvement, so I could refer. You know, you know, I, I I would like to make my friends happier. You know, they deserve it. I don't want them to get uh, stuck with uh, negativity, or I yeah. would hate them. Hate 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 to see that they are not living the best, living to their best potential with, you know, with full love. Uh, yeah. I, I want them to take this opportunity. You know, definitely. 
So I will, you know, I will try to talk to some people and how my relation improves, and yeah. you know, hopefully they will take take the course and you know uh, improve their uh, relations. Great. So last thing I want to say to you, gentlemen, is this: the emails I've sent you with my notes. If I'm you, I turn that into a notebook, and I carry that with me so I can look at this stuff once in a while. You know. Mm-hmm. So make sure chapter one, chapter two, you got six chapters. So if I'm you, I turn it into a book, man, and I keep it in my house or whatever. And then, you know, whenever I need it, I have it. I can look at it to remind myself of something, you know, because you'll hear stuff and you'll forget it, you know, some of that stuff. And you see it six months later and you'll be like, oh, man, now I get it so much more than I first got it. <laughs> so, you know, I recommend, highly recommend it because that's like the, the, the cliff notes to the even, to the um, to the recordings. The the book itself, you know, the the emails, the so, Bible of the relations. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. All right, gentlemen. Listen, it's been a pleasure. You know, sometimes it's been challenging, but I'm honored to have made a difference with you guys. And um, you know, stay in touch. Uh, have a happy you Thanksgiving. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you guys before the end of the year, man. I'd like that. Thank anyhow. you. Have a great night. All right, and, you too, gentlemen. And, and and we will be happy if we could make any difference for you. You know, uh, the, the, I mean, we already did. I guess uh, if if we did improve our relations, uh, it's meaningful to you, I know. But you know, if you need anything from us, funny, uh, we will be more than happy. More customers. <laughs> okay, you got that. I, I'm sure I will encourage some people. Beautiful. All right, gentlemen, go to sleep. Or whatever you're going to do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.